Welcome to episode 4 of Mike's Mental Models. Today, part of the reason thinking. Today we're going to talk about one of the newer models that I've been exposed to, which is part of the reason thinking. And as I was collecting information and ideas and stories for this model, I couldn't help but note at how similar it was to the other models, how much it, it related to and how well it worked with some of the other models we've looked at. For example, part of the reason thinking uh, goes really well with episode two when we talked about alternative histories. It also fits nicely with Gordian knots and Chesterton fences. And what I was reminded most about was how much different mental models fit together, how intertwined they are. And I think this is part of the reason that Charlie Munger calls it a latticework of mental models, where all of these things are related to one another and you use one and then you use another and then you go back to the first one and so on. Today's model is part of the reason thinking and this was introduced to me by Sanjay Bakshi on the Knowledge Project podcast. And on that podcast he was talking to Shane Parrish about how much he reads and Parrish was asking him how do you manage to read all this stuff? How do you keep it straight? How do you keep it organized? How do you find value in it? And Bakshi said that the tool he uses is part of the reason thinking. Here's a clip from that interview between Shane and Sanjay. You are trying to evaluate something. You're trying to ask the question, why? Why did this happen? And when you uh, reflect upon it, you find that the answer sometimes comes from multiple disciplines. And you get down to that and try to figure it out. Uh, it is very enjoyable to do, do it in that way. The process for me has always been to ask the question why and wait. Because the mind will tend to jump to a certain answer and that's not the only answer. So, you know, I, the way I think about it is whenever there is a complex question which I'm trying to answer, I always start with the words, part of the reason is this. And which means that there must be other parts too. And I like to think about what those parts could be. And they don't have to be 20 of them. Even if there are three or four of them, that's better than one. So it helps me uh, ask the question why and then look for answers. And what a great idea this is. It helps me to ask the question why and look for answers. And we can take this idea and apply it to the other mental models we've looked at and start to get a better idea of how these are all intertwined. For example, in episode two, we thought about alternative histories and we wanted to ask whether or not something that actually happened was part of maybe the normal distribution of outcomes or if it was an outlier. So one of the examples we looked at was Charles Lindbergh's transatlantic flight. And we figured that that was in the normal range of outcomes, part of the reason because there were a lot of people flying and so somebody was bound to make it. The technology was coming along. But another part of the reason was that Lindbergh flew from New York to Paris rather than from Paris to New York. So the reason that a French aviator hadn't made the journey was because of the prevailing winds. It was much harder to go from France to the United States than it was to go from the United States to France. And this is especially notable because the history of aviation in France is very fertile ground. When the Wright brothers 
first built their plane, they tried to sell it to the United States government twice and got rejected twice. So instead, they ended up selling their first planes in France. And so France was a very flight-friendly country. But ultimately, those aviators weren't the first to cross the Atlantic because of the winds. Well, at least that was part of the reason. And we can see part of the reason thinking in other areas too. Restaurateur David Chang talked about part of the reason his food is expensive. And one part is because he wants to be accountable to his providers and pay them uh, an amount that they can keep going, that they can be sustainable, and they can provide him with the ingredients that he wants. Another part of the reason is that he wants to pay his staff enough. Another part of the reason is that the square footage in certain restaurants dictates what he can charge. When NPR did their story on CEO pay, we saw part of the reason thinking there as well. Part of the reason CEO pay was so closely linked to stock options was because there was a recession at the time that people wanted to change it. And there were political forces, like an election cycle. And there's a human bias toward nice round numbers. For example, pay was capped at $1 million. And anything above that had to be awarded in stock options. Investor Cliff Asness said that part of the reason his momentum strategy works so well is because of luck, it's because of behaviors and his discipline, and it's also because of fundamental analysis. Asness knows that it's not just one thing that has led to his success as an investor, but it's many things. And if we think about many things, we can start that frame of thought by using part of the reason thinking. Bakshi really uses part of the reason thinking to get over the availability bias. That is, our tendency to think of the first thing that comes to mind. This happens all the time if you get a new computer or you take a vacation or you buy a new car. After you do those things, you start to notice either your car or your computer or your vacation everywhere. You'll mention that you went to the Caribbean or to Alaska or to Europe and all of a sudden you find out that half a dozen people at work have gone on those same vacations. You get a new car and all of a sudden you notice that new car everywhere. And this isn't always a malicious bias. Sometimes the availability bias can be helpful. When Jim Chanos recently talked with the Financial Times, he cited many historical downturns or recessions or turbulences, and each one of those influenced his thinking for future ones. And some of this led to Chanos successfully shorting some stocks. And so part of the reason thinking was allowing him to identify certain patterns in his work, certain patterns of outcomes that he could eventually place a profitable bet on. Another way that part of the reason thinking works is because it simplifies problems, or at least it brings us smaller problems. For example, if you wanted to learn how to play Purple Rain by Prince, how would you go about doing that? That sounds on its surface like a hard problem. Well, what are the different parts to playing Purple Rain? You need an instrument? You need the ability to play the instrument, and you need the knowledge about either how to read music or what the sounds are if you're going to play it by ear. And we can use part of the reason thinking to go even a level below that. Okay, if you need an instrument, what kind of instrument? A guitar or a piano or something else? Okay, if you need a guitar, how do you get a guitar? Do you buy one? Do you borrow one? Do you take lessons from someone that owns one? And part of the reason thinking gets us down another level. Stephen Dubner, in his book, Think Like a Freak, 
really praises this kind of thinking. He says that smaller problems, simpler problems, are often easier to solve. They're easier to identify, and they're easier to take actions on. I don't know how to play Purple Rain, but if you said, sign up for guitar lessons, that's a much easier thing to do. But remember, smaller problems aren't always better problems to solve. They're not always accurate problems to solve. In episode three, when we talked about the three filters against folly, we noted that one of those filters was the ecological filter and that everything was connected. Garrett Hardin wrote that we can never do just one thing. And we saw this in the movie Back to the Future, where if you remember, one character goes back in time to give his younger self a book with all the sports outcomes on it so that he could bet on it. You see this book? This book tells the future. It tells the results of every major sports event till the end of the century. Football, baseball, horse races, boxing. The information in here is worth millions, and I'm giving it to you. So any movie where the characters travel in time, we can see this idea that you can never do one thing. You're never going to change one thing. Everything is a connected web. That said, part of the reason thinking is still really helpful. We are cognitive misers. We don't like to think through all the details. We don't have a propensity to think through all the details. It's kind of like juggling. Your brain wants to juggle one ball. It just wants to keep one thing in mind, and once it finds an answer, it wants to move on from that. But part of the reason thinking is like juggling more balls. It's figuring out what a fuller version of the story is. And like Bakshi said at the beginning of this episode, it doesn't matter if it's 20 things or three things, you should at least have an idea of what those parts of the reasons are. And sometimes we can get caught up in a really good story. When Chamath Palihapitiya joined Kara Fisher on her podcast, he said that, quote, Winamp was the pin for the grenade that destroyed the music industry, end quote. And while that may be true, it's a good visual metaphor for what really destroyed the industry. And that was a grenade. It was part pin, part explosive, part igniter, and all of the parts of the grenade that destroyed the music industry. And there were many reasons for that. Part of the reason was that albums were being pushed out at a faster rate than the quality was keeping up for. Part of the reason was because people had now a method for transmitting data and making copies of CDs. Part of the reason was that technology was better. Part of the reason was the iPod was invented and other digital media players. So there were many parts of the reason for the death of the industry. And so Winamp may have been part of that, but it was only part of the reason. Thanks for listening to this edition of Mike's Mental Models. Well, that's very nice. Thank you very much. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right, then, leave and take your book with you.